0: Hi everyone, Wynn Claybaugh here. This classic Masters from 2016 features award-winning hairstylist, salon owner, and intercofure fashion director, Van Council. Van was mowing lawns in 1975 when he saw the film Shampoo. Inspired by Warren Beatty's hairdresser character and fascinated by beauty and style trends, Van signed up for cosmetology school. Today, as the co-founder of the Van Michaels Salon Empire and an Aveda Global Master, Van sets the trends that other people follow. Listen in as Van shares his philosophies about leading a mega salon organization and training new hires to grow in business and in life. If you enjoy this classic interview, please share it with your friends and visit mastersbywinclaybaugh.com to sign up for our mailing list. And remember, Master's podcasts are also available on your favorite podcast platform. Now enjoy my very good friend, Van Council. Hi everybody, Wynn Claybot here and welcome to this issue of Master's. Uh, The cool thing about doing Master's for over 20 years is that I get to come back around and interview people that I interviewed almost 20 years ago. And that's the case of today. But the good news about that as well is that there are people who are still strong still thriving and more than thriving but taking their careers and their businesses to a whole nother level and that's absolutely the case of the man i'm interviewing today please welcome to masters van council welcome van
1: hi Wen. thank you very much and it's exciting and i'm glad to be back here and i'm glad i'm still around and relevant 20
0: years later <laughs> Well, yeah. We were just talking that you're you're turning 60 this year? Next, year? Next year. Next year, 60 years old. Yeah. And check out the photo of Van because he does not look like he's about... You, you said you just went to your high school reunion. What was that like?
1: Yeah, I said, I, I wouldn't say this many times, but uh, we had a group picture of me and all my best friends, They all were the football players, and I was in the middle of the of the picture, and I, I felt like a toothpick, you know? I, mean, I, I felt like a movie star there. They all think I'm a freak, and uh, they're always, like you said, they're wondering what I'm doing. I'm like, I wonder what you're doing. Right. You know, so I just, as older I get, I'm I'm more thankful that I understood the importance of eating healthy and staying fit. You know what I mean? Like, when you're 20 and 30 and you do it, you don't look that much different than your friends who don't do it. But as you get older, the dividends start paying off.
0: So do you think it's the beauty industry that taught you the importance of wellness all the way around? I do, you know, and I
1: had a lot of good mentors, you know, like horse, you know, like early on influenced me about eating and what I was putting into my body. And uh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm a firm believer, you know, in this industry, we're in the fashion beauty industry. You got to look good and to look good, you kind of need to take care of yourself. You know, it does all go together.
0: Otherwise you're losing
1: credibility. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's like going to the doctor and he's having a cigarette when you walk yeah, back that, in. Yeah, that ain't going
0: to work. Yeah, that ain't
1: going to work. So yeah, I, I think being in this industry has inspired me to take better care of myself.
0: Literally almost 30 years ago, you were at your own expense, jumping on a plane from Atlanta, come out to Provo, Utah, yeah. and you weren't there just for your own benefit. You weren't there just to recruit and interview and steal and take away. You stayed for several days and you were mentoring not only on stage, but also one-on-one and and, and interviewing and giving right. wonderful career opportunities to my students and graduates. So thank you for that.
1: Well, that was a good experience to be there, you know. And I was just the beginning of owning my salon. I've had it for 32 years. So, you know, it's just a lot of people I felt like yourself, you know, people who give to me like it's just a way to give back and share and then always benefit from it. You know, the more I give, the more I get. Yeah. So.
0: Um, so I've had the opportunity to speak at your company events, and you come to my company. I don't think I've ever paid you, and you've never paid me.
1: No, not, <laughs> not, not, not in cash. Right, right. You know, right.
0: Which is, yeah. I think, it's also a great no, message. Is. You know? This is. is how we uh, reward each other and take care of each other and show the love and support that we have for each other. It
1: does. I'm, I've been lucky. I mean, every year I have a company event, and two or three, we usually bring about five people. and Half of them, I, I barter with them. I mean, I did it with Robert this year, Chromians, I've done it with Ray Chavello, and, you know, people come in and do mine, and I do theirs, and right. it worked out great, you know.
0: Well, I've, uh, I just invited myself to your event next January, oh, yeah. so we're, I'm hoping we're that We're on, sticks. we're on, it is, okay.
1: thank you very much, yeah. Your Glad message it. this morning, too, was fantastic, and, I mean, I actually, I got a lot out of it, and a lot of it, like, I'm going, oh yeah, I remember that, and. Oh, I quit doing that, and I need to start doing that again, so you got an awesome message
0: this morning. Thanks, Dan. Thanks. It means a lot to me to have uh, relationships, especially what relationships that people think that should not exist. No. Why? Because we stand under different brands, under different banners, under different manufacturers, and therefore it's not appropriate and i never got that i never wanted to have a career that was exclusive of other people simply because they work for a different company
1: i totally agree i totally agree yeah i mean we're all still in the same tribe you know technically yeah we're all hairdressers we're all in the industry to make people feel good and to look better and we're we're in the business of helping people grow you know so we're really we're all the same you know and um it's funny, sometimes, I don't want to get in trouble here, but the manufacturers all stay so private, you know, and not sharing with each other, but they want us, and we do share with people inside our network everything. So I always kind of wonder, like, okay, <laughs> they want me to go out and share everything, and I do, and I don't mind, but then I don't see them doing that sometimes. I right. think it would be great. One thing I like about Intercof honestly, being back in here is seeing, like, networking with so many people from so many different networks you know what i mean like no one's trying to sell each other anything we're just sharing we had a great dinner last night like 30 people and we were all from different networks and everybody was sharing and it's really great
0: you know well speaking about interco you're the new fashion director i am no. that's huge i mean prior to you it was people like Fred Fakai, Vivian McKinder, yeah. You're yeah, the I, new fashion director.
1: I am. It's an honor. And I have to thank Frank Gambuza for inviting me to this position. And oh, and I'm
0: sure Frank's thanking you. So No. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, well, I, I wouldn't be here without him for sure. And even when he come and me, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm worthy because you're right, Vivian and Scott and Fakai and all the people they had before me were such great hairdressers. And you know, I had to think about it, you know, I didn't want to do it if I didn't give it a hundred percent, know and the more I thought about it, it was an honor to do it, and it's been a year now, it's been great. It's been a great ride. It's you know, not that we were not still visible in the industry, but it's definitely made us more relevant again. You know it's kind of a resurgent, but it's brought a lot of energy to my team and to my staff, and uh, it's been a lot of fun.
0: What do you mean, making you more relevant? Like, you and Van Michaels needed more relevancy. Well, you know, we were
1: still doing, you know, two, three, four shows a year, but now we're back out there in a bigger way, you know, and been in the magazines a lot more, so it's, you know, it's kind of... Sometimes, you know, in this industry or in in life, you know, out of sight, out of mind. I mean, we're still in Atlanta continuously trying to improve every day and grow. We've, We've never stopped that, but... You know, just because we weren't doing 20 weekends a year anymore, you know, some people are like, what are you doing? Well, we're still working. We're just not doing a lot of hair shows. So it's just kind of put us back into the spotlight a little bit, you know, which, like I said, for my staff has been great. Yeah, there is a life off the road. There is life a off the road. A very, very
0: nice road. It is. Yeah. It is.
1: It's, it's all about balance, you know. I mean, yeah. really, I I found my times uh, having too much balance of riding my bike too much you know what I mean like okay so
0: which is I, why you're busting out of your you know pants there with those legs I mean gosh you really look incredible no. for 60 or 59 so yeah. I'm not yeah. going well, put you. that number on you yet. yeah
1: well thank you very
0: much you're inspiring me yeah. today and by the way uh again when you see Van's photo don't let his age or his bald head or the fact that he's only in Atlanta fool you because I could spend literally the next hour of this interviewing sharing with you all of the awards that he personally has received and that his company van michaels has received you guys you and your brother michael started the company back in 1984 yes okay so the first van michael salon heavily connected with the aveda company which we want to talk about you personally have won all kinds of personal awards including north american Hair Stylist of the year avant-garde stylist of the year makeover stylist of the Year becoming part of Aveda's global master team. I'm reading this, but, I mean, the next page literally is a full page of award after award after award. Best salon in Atlanta, top 20 salon owners in the country, best hair color by Framisi, best haircut overall look by KMS, top 75 educators of the century, of the century. By Modern Salon Magazine, Lifetime Achievement Award from uh, Aveda, Lifetime Achievement Award from Art and Fashion Group, and that's just you personally. Then we get into the awards that your salon has received from Salon Team of the Year by Naha in 2014, Jezebel Magazine, Best Haircut for Her. This really goes on and on, and it's not just industry related organizations and magazines and press outlets that are acknowledging you it's the consumer press as well Mm -hmm. let's talk about the very beginning of your career let's talk about first of all how you got into the industry and uh, about your beauty school experience
1: well probably could go back listen to the tape from 20 years ago I've told you I think it was
0: eight track I think it was eight track back (laughs) when you and I did that first one I
1: think it was I think I still have that but uh I mean, I grew up in North Georgia, you know, and uh, out in the country, actually. I'm definitely a country boy. You can hear from the accent. But uh, my junior year in high school, I went and saw the movie Shampoo, and that inspired me to to be a hairdresser. Even at the time, I didn't realize that was a true story, you know, based on Gene Chico. But uh, anyhow, I liked the idea of, uh, I thought I could ride a Harley, and, you know, and I like women, so... (laughs) Yeah, that, really. That, that was a, I watched that movie. I walked out. Those a were your
0: qualifications, already like, in women,
1: right? I'm like, I can do this because then I wasn't the most studious kid in school. I played all the sports, and you know, my parents taught me how to work hard. You know how to respect people and how to nurture people. You know, I had great parents, but uh, yeah, the movie inspired me to go to hairdressing school. So I did, and I, I found the worst beauty school in America. And I signed up, and went to it. You know, it was—I mean, amazing. Like the schools you have now in Nevada. I mean, this is like so much different. You know, and uh, I remember thinking the first day, like, oh my god, what have I got myself into? I got kicked out actually after ten months, and uh, <laughs> for it, it, what? Just for not showing up. Because the truth was, I would go in days and not be one client to do. So, I had a night job. I mean, I literally worked from 12 to 8. And if I went in the morning, there was no clients. I got no credit. I hadn't had any sleep. I'd go home. I wasn't out partying. I just was like trying to make, and I was paying my own way also, you know, rent. And so he kicked me out, but he told my mom I was wasting his time and her money. And he said I'd never make it, you know, so. Where is he today? Well, after he got out of jail, <laughs> he did end up going to jail and suffer some time in prison for tax invasion and oh, he was in he'd come in the shop one day many years later like selling blow dryers are you serious Yeah. did he recognize you oh, yeah. did he remember
0: yeah. the story of yeah. telling you you won't make anything we, we of didn't talk story? about that I was oh, very great. nice to him you <laughs> know
1: what I mean like life throws us all a curveball every now and then and right. we all make mistakes and at the time his opinion was probably pretty accurate maybe you know what I mean right you know so but then I transferred to another beauty school which wasn't quite as bad but it was close I finally got out you know. So, huh. so what turned it around for you? I mean one reason I never dropped out because like well you know, I'm not a quitter you know number one and I just really knew like I didn't want to go to college like I need to make this work. I went to work for a gentleman who nobody would know him but he was very driven about education and it was just a small salon and he sent me to London and after I worked there I was like Maybe six months later, I was still only like 19 years old. And I, and I went to London to a six-week course at Sassoon's. And wow, he made
0: a huge investment. Yeah, he, that he did. That must have just blown your mind.
1: No, oh, it did. You know, I mean, I paid part of it, but it, right. I, mean, I didn't even know about Sassoon. Honestly, I didn't even know the name. Right. You know, he's like, he's got his school. It was me and a buddy of mine that was working there, and we went to London. And uh, that really turned it around for me, you know, to see the potential you know, that like there's other salon owners there from around the world. You know, and I'm talking. And you're 19 to them. years old. Yeah, and they're like owning six salons in New York and stuff like that. And you know, I'm just really realized because I grew up so sheltered in a family that, like, if you'd ask me when I was 18 years old, what's the average household income? I didn't even know what it meant. You know, I mean, I had no clue. I never thought about how much money can I make doing hair? Can I support a family? That wasn't even my way of thinking. I'm just, I need a job, you know.
0: What was the expectation of you? Where where you grew up with your your family and everything, what was the expectation of what you would become?
1: Just no matter what you do, work hard at it and be the best at it. I mean, I could have said, I'm going to be a mechanic. That's what my dad was, fine, be the best mechanic. I mean, and that's how he was. I mean, he was, like, great at what he did, you know. So, I mean, we had very strong work ethics. I mean, we had eight hours every Saturday of work. You know, I, I shoveled asphalt in high school in the summers, I mowed grass, I worked in gas stations, I mean, seven days a week, I mean, we'd have two jobs, you know, in the summer, so our expectations was, you know, treat people right, you know, and work hard, and my dad always said the world owes you nothing, and uh, that's how we were raised, like, earn your own way. And my mom was like, to this day, I'm, I'm blessed, both my parents are still alive, they're 82 years old, mm-hmm. and she's the most nurturing person to everybody. She puts everybody in front of her. I mean, like, she cooks the biggest meals. She's going, she won't even sit down and eat till everybody's plates. Everybody's almost done. Hmm. You know what I mean? They won't let you help clean up. You know what I mean? Like, they're just very nurturing. You know, my mom always just said, do your very best. You know what I mean? No matter where you're headed. And I always said I grew up poor, but I eventually I realized I grew up rich, Hmm. you know, because I had great parents. Hmm. And um, so it's really that foundation is what Help me you know but just going to Sassoon's I don't say I'm Sassoon trained because I didn't work in the company for 10 years that's what Sassoon trains is to me right people who really become an art director you know I mean taking a class wakes you up you know what right. I mean but so I'm not Sassoon trained but just being in that kind of environment around people so when I came back to Atlanta you know I eventually seeked out the most successful people in town like Jameson and Don Shaw and you know, I was fortunate enough to go to work for Scott Cole, which mm-hmm. was a huge influence of mm-hmm. my hairdressing career. You know what I mean? But uh, just seeing how well people could do financially, I realized this could be a real business, you know. Because I had all intentions, seriously, to go to school, move back to my hometown, which is North Georgia. I talked to a guy before I went to beauty school. He's And this is like in 1976. He told me he was making five hundred dollars a week and uh that sounded like a whole lot of money to me and i would have been happy you know so that was my plan but once i got out of school and i just stayed in Atlanta, almost accidentally then one thing led to the other but you said it this morning on stage i mean it's you know it's about surrounding yourself with the right people so once i realized what this industry could be i made sure that i got surrounded by the right people
0: you know i think exposure is huge it is. And I think it's, it's part of our job now in the positions that we have as yeah. leaders and business owners to expose our people to something that would just blow their minds, something that they never, like you said, $500 a week sounded incredible for you, and yeah. you would have been happy with that. Yeah. But then going to Sassoon's exposed you to a bigger picture. Absolutely. Working for these other people yeah. exposed you to something bigger. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. You know, Sometimes people say, where did you grow up? And I jokingly say London because that six weeks, I I did a lot of growing up, you know what I mean? I really did. I came back to Atlanta with a whole different mission, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just saw the industry completely different from there.
0: So that was your experience, and that was your exposure, and that obviously served you well. Now, fast forward all these many years, you obviously have a lot of new talent that comes to you. What part of that responsibility of getting the education and the training and the exposure that they need to be able to see the bigger picture and go to the next level with their careers, how much of, the, of that is the, the salon owner's responsibility and how much of that is the individual person's responsibility? Well, you know, it's like when I opened up the first day, like, I wanted to have
1: a really serious training program, you know, kind of spent off from Sassoon's and all that because mm-hmm. I saw the impact it can make on people's lives. So I think as a, the owner, the responsibility is for me to give them the best education. Like if they only work for me for three years and they leave, they have something that it was worth every minute they were with us. You know what I mean? Like something nobody can take away from them. So I think it's our responsibility if somebody's going to commit to come to our company because we all know when you're coming on the ground floor, you're not getting rich. I mean, you're barely making it, you know, and it's my responsibility to educate them and to help them grow and help them be exposed as much as I can, you know, all the potential in the industry. You know, now it's their responsibility to be responsible, you know, and take full advantage of what I'm offering them. I can offer all this, but, you know, I can't, you know, I can't make them take it, you know, but we try to weed out the people who don't want it because there's somebody waiting for the job that does want it.
0: How do you figure out those people that don't want it? Like, what does that look like for you?
1: Uh, we hire everybody on a 90-day trial. Okay. You know, so we value them after 90 days. If they're not showing up for class with models, you know, with a great attitude, we know they don't want it. I mean, we're paying you. We pay them to come to class. I mean, additional fee on top of their salary, you know. So we're paying you to come to class. If you can't show up and get paid and bring a model, You obviously don't want it. I mean, it's pretty obvious, you know, like, oh, this person in three months have had two models, you know, so, yeah, they're out.
0: Actually, as long as we're on that topic, how else can they screw that up? Because as as much as we need to tell our people this is how you can perform, this is how you can look good here, this is how you can rise to the next level, I think they also need to hear, and this is how you could screw it up. Like you just said, just not showing up to classes or can't find a model yeah, You can't find a model. How are you going to build a clientele? How are you going no, to convince we, somebody to come in to pay you when you can't get somebody to come in for free?
1: That's exactly our words to them. If they complain about models or really, then you know, you're know you in their wrong business. Because if you can't give away a free haircut, I, <laughs> we do. We say the exact same word. How is somebody going to pay? So, right. Yeah, so they screw it up in class mostly. Then during the week, I mean, they got to you know, work. They're an intern, and they got to be able to work with their mentors and you know, we have a performance wheel, we call it, all step by step. When you greet a client to how everything works, you know, it's like 12 steps. Right. And if you can't work off the performance wheel, you can't stay in the company. Right. You know, so I, I believe, like, you know, we're looking for people who are passionate and nice people who want to learn and grow. You know, we have, like i know these numbers last year we hired 50 new interns and we had a 90 a ninety percent retention right i mean people don't leave you know that's why we've been able to grow to 400 employees you know because people i mean we have a hundred employees now with 10 years we have 25 with 20 and six with 30 wow you know so uh, goosebumps you know, congratulations, Yeah. congratulations uh, thank you you know but it works both ways i mean i take care of them and they take care of me you know it's oh cliche but it's win-win well let's you know? take
0: another little side trip here so how many salons do you have now
1: we have seven salons in Atlanta. we had one in miami that we recently lost the lease and decided to pull out but it was doing well and then i have a partnership in japan with 42 salons 42 salons yeah. in japan
0: yeah you know i just recently heard about that within yeah. the last year i had no um, idea when did that all start uh, about 15 years ago dang what happened yeah. to me i need to check up on you more often. (laughs) Yeah,
1: last time I saw you, I ran into your restaurant I know, I remember that, I remember that.
0: Well, congratulations. No, well, thank you. So how was that doing business overseas like that?
1: You know what? I admire the Japanese people so much, their culture, you know, uh, their work ethics. You know, I mean, they're they're nice people. It's been a great relationship, it Mm -hmm. really has. I've had like zero problems, Mm -hmm. you know, with it. I didn't want to use the name Van Michael over there, because I wasn't sure what this would be like so the salons there are called van council okay. salons and uh like two weeks from now i have a hundred of them coming we have a hundred of them coming every may for training i go over there once a year hmm. i mean it's been fun it's you know the farther you're away from it sometimes the easier it is no, i'm right. just kidding <laughs> no, but, no but seriously it's been a great relationship
0: and you know? uh now you have, you have training facilities
1: we have what we call new talent salons, okay. you know, and so everybody comes in licensed. You know, we don't hire anybody without a license, you know, so they finish school. And 90% of the people we take in are right out of school. I mean, we, we take other people, too, if they're willing to go through the program. Okay. You know, so the first year, they work six days a week, you know, and uh, a lot of people talk about millennials, how lazy, but I still think there's a, quite a few hard workers out there. You know what I mean? Them. Yeah, you know, so I really hadn't had a big problem with that, but there are six days a week the first year, so they come eight hours on Monday for class, every Monday, and then they work in the salon long hours Tuesday through Saturday. Right. Uh, after the end of the first year, they move into New Talents, you know, which is our training salon. Okay. New Talents to the consumer is not a school. I mean, it's about half price of Van Michaels. Okay. And the amazing part is as soon as they go on the floor because... The reputations in town, so well-known for the, the price and the quality. I mean, seriously, they're booked out a week from the first day they get sure. behind the chair. Sure. And they continue their classes on Monday you know, for another year. Okay. So at the end of two years, it's self-paced. It could be three years, but you, if you do everything right, you can be out in two years. And so okay. then you go on the Van Michael floor. And... Uh, what new talent is about is about them creating all the habits that we need to do the performance well. I mean, we use portfolio consultations, we have blow dry lessons, we have this what we call index cards, all those certain things you've gotta, you know, write down about every client. We demand that you keep these records. You know, you're writing down their name, their kids names, their husband's names, their jobs. You know, we don't ask the same questions over and over, but more importantly, did you cut this fringe? Are you growing it out and what do you talk about in the portfolio? And, you know, to make the relationship personal, but if they don't do all of those things, and we coach very seriously, we coach, and then they never go to New Talent floor. I mean, out of New Talent to Val Michael. Sure. You know, so that's what New Talent's about. And what's great is 60% of their client moves to Val Michael little so it gives them a you know, even though you get 60 percent that's 60 percent it is because they get a big price increase wow. but if they're in there for a year or two they build those relationships and people jump up people don't really necessarily go to New Talent for the price you know they, they paid high prices somewhere and hadn't found somebody so they go in there but you know they move over you know so they it gives them a good start the other really important thing as a company I found that New Talent is it keeps us young and I don't mean young as in that employees are young but brings the younger clientele into the company you know and so that way we don't end up doing all people my age <laughs> you know but not that anything's wrong with older clients but you you know it does keep it a younger clientele coming in salon because yeah. when you get hairdressers charging 100 120 dollars a haircut it's not too many 25 year olds jumping in the, right. for that but in new talents you know, what, start, what's, what's
0: the price range in New Talent Salon?
1: When I first opened it, it was $12. Sure. You know, uh, that was 20 years ago, but it's
0: 30 now. Okay. You know, $30. Bucks and it, that's and, significant, though. You know, for New Talent Salon, that's, that's dang good. Yeah, it is. You and know, then once they jump over to Van Michael, how much? Well, what
1: it is, they have three tiers in New Talent. But they get price increases, you know. I mean, by the end of the year, they go from 30 to 50 in Sweet. one year. And then when they move over at Van Michael, it's sixty. Okay. So when they go on new talents, they're 30. Well, a year later, they're 60. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a pretty big increase for these clients. But it's amazing that you know more than half of the clients move over. You know, it's funny. I tell the students when I go speak at schools that it looks like when you choose a company like ours with a two-year training program that you're taking the long route. But the truth is it's really the shortcut. Because you go on the floor somewhere charging 25 $30 a haircut... You can only have price increases when you get busy, right? right. So every year you go up five or ten dollars. How long does it take you to get to sixty? Right. This way, in two years, you pretty much have a full book
0: at sixty dollars a haircut. You know, I'm glad you're talking about that because yeah. I know people listening to this right yeah. now are thinking that two years. I just yeah. spent a year in school. Two years as an assistant, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, no, this is yeah. it's
1: the shortcut.
0: Yeah. The smart ones realize this is the shortcut. What, what do they say that person has been, oh, I've, been no, I've been working 10 years, I have 10 years of experience. Right. So like, no, you don't. You have one year, you just repeated it 10 times. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No,
1: it is true. Whereas yeah. yours, yeah. They're, they're getting yeah. true experience.
0: They're getting true experience. True, true mentoring yeah. and training. Yeah.
1: I mean, so we opened a salon in 84, and all the stylists, including myself, we cut and color. So in 1992, which was, what's the math on that, seven-eight years later, you know, I've opened new talents and I decided also to go to specialization. You know, so that's when we separated everybody. We had people choose cut or color. Then we started our training program specializing. Those two things to me has been really what's kept us sustainable, you know, growth. You know, because I think specialization, in my opinion, is the ultimate Level of excellence. I mean, obviously, if you look at the medical profession or even lawyers, I mean, they're all specialized. All specialized. You know, they're all specialized. We're living in a world of specialization, Mm -hmm. and you know, I think the quality. Like, I know I did cut and color. Like, I never was as good at coloring hair as my colors are. I mean, I got people now been in this line for twenty years doing ten colors a day, only, only, only. I mean, they are master colors. and then I I feel like if it's client decides to try another salon and they're going to a hairdresser that does you know the guy does five colors a week I mean they see a big difference you know I mean so I think that's one thing I also I didn't even do this on purpose when I went to specialization I went for it for excellence right and I went for it for it's a higher level of customer service because when I did both I'm cutting hair I was constantly walking away from the client to check the other color all back and forth back and forth where now if you're a cutter, you got forty five minutes, you never leave. You do your own shampoo, your own blow dry. I mean you're with that client the whole time. Same with the colors where, you know, you're not getting that back and forth. But what the other added benefit to all of this now in this world of chair rentals and all that, it really keeps people from jumping ship because if you're a hair cutter in this line, you've been cutting hair for, there for ten years, well your clients are spread out among five other colors in this line. They're not gonna follow you to get hair color. You know, so I've found that, you know, I mean, they don't know how to color hair. And if if they leave and start trying to learn it, they're way behind what their customer is used to. So I think it keeps our staff long term being specialization.
0: How long ago did you divide and become specialized? It was, a, it was specialized?
1: 94.
0: So. Oh, a while then. Yeah. yeah. Was there a lot of resistance with your staff in doing that? Or did they no. see the value of that?
1: i tell you what I did. Do you remember, uh, you ever heard of Dr. Deming? Of course. Yeah. Of course. know uh, I'm not that he's really no. around anymore or people talk about it, but I took some Deming courses and mm-hmm. I read all his books. And one thing he said was, manage the old while you create the new. Manage the old while you recreate the new. While you create the new. Mm-hmm. So what I did, I went to my staff and says, you know, we're going to go specialization. You know, we're going to grandfather you in. You know, and I, I can't remember how many staff we had then. It's, Probably fifty, but most people decide. I, I mean, right off the bat, I want to cut. I want to color, just like fine, fine, fine. You know, we started referring clients. Um, two of the guys, which is funny, they, you know, the two guys are still with us. They've been in the company for thirty-one years, and they do both, and they're book solid every day. But they don't make the top twenty producers in the company, which is interesting to me. Really? Yeah, they don't even make the top twenty. But what we did was just. Like, as we hired people, we said, hey, you know, because there was like maybe 10 people still doing both at the time in the beginning, you know. So we said, you know, you're going to see people doing both, but they were here from the beginning. They're grandfathered in, but from here up forward, we're doing specialization. So you have to choose one or the other. And it just took care of
0: itself. Really? Like, I didn't go
1: in and go, hey, guys, choose one or the other or you're out of here. You can keep doing it, but this is what we're doing.
0: Now do you find that your colorists make more money than your cutters, or vice versa? Or um,
1: I could show you my ZizoR
0: app, but
1: out of our top, our top producer last year it was her first time being the top producer. She's my color director, mm-hmm. working four days a week, but she was the top producer. she's a colorist. Okay. The next second producer was only 2,000 dollars behind her, It was a cutter. Okay. You know, so on my top 15 employees, it's about six cutters and the rest colors. So the colors are a little bit ahead, you know, in that group. What I find happens is the first five years, the colors makes more quicker because their prices are higher. But okay. it's if the cutter stays and keeps getting those increases, once they hit
0: $80, $90, $100 haircuts, they, they can run head-to-head with Got the it. colors. Because I think you know? maybe there is that perception that a hair colorist could make more money than a hair cutter.
1: No, I had somebody last night, one of the big... Salon owners in the country, bigger company than we are, you know what I mean, like, and very well respected. But they actually said to me, they're like, they're not specialization, they're like, how does people make money on just cutting hair? You know, and I was giving them the numbers, their mind was blown, you know what I mean? Because they're like, we just look at haircuts as a side thing, you know what I mean? Like, we're mainly just doing balayage and slamming color, and we just cut them real quick, and you know what I mean, like, you know, blah, blah, So it's a lot of different ways to peel the onion. There's no right or wrong. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like, you know, I think that's why we have such long-term staff and customers because of specialization.
0: Um, uh, As long as we're talking about you and people have a good history on you, talk about your relationship with Aveda.
1: Oh, wow. And I've been with Aveda for 30 years, basically. So
0: almost since the beginning of your son.
1: Yeah, I've done like every single Congress except for one. Jeez. Yeah, you know, so uh, I have a great relationship. I mean, I... I loved horse. you know, the first time I saw horses was in 1980, I mean, I knew, like, you know, I loved the whole mission, you know, I mean, I'm an outdoor person, you know, I'm all about saving the earth, anything I can do, and take care of myself, also take care of the planet, Do my, at least my little tiny part as much as I can, but I've always loved the Aromas, but I have a great relationship with them, you know, um, some of my best friends I have met, you know, David Wagner, Ray Shavello, and, and many of them that's become friends and mentors. So mm-hmm. it's a great network. You know, when you go to an debate of Congress, I mean, people look great. I mean, there's 3,000 people, but they all look smart and classy. Mm-hmm. You know, just, I think it's a good group, good network to be involved in. Uh, The company, my relationship with uh, the top people in the company, I have a great relationship. They support me in many, many ways. You know, I mean, I I wouldn't be where I'm at today without this relationship. I mean, absolutely.
0: Congratulations. Yeah. It's an amazing network. Yeah. And those two that you just mentioned, Ray Chavello and David Wagner, I mean, I feel the same way Mm -hmm. about them and what they've done for me. I just ran into Ray this morning. It was a nice little reunion and we got to exchange that he has a six-year-old son and have a four-year-old daughter. It's like, who knew that was going to happen to us? Mm -hmm. And we got to talk about that. But those are great, great relationships. Oh, it
1: is. I mean, I reached out to Ray when Frank asked me to be fashion director, so I called Ray and said, hey, I want you to join in a coffee He did it in a heartbeat just to support me. You know what I mean? And I was a little worried, like, I hope he likes it. And then, you know, he came to New York and that did I said, okay, man, how do you feel about it? He goes, oh my God, this is the best weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes, I loved it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But yeah, he, he joined just to support our relationship, you mm-hmm. know? And my fact, Frank you know, said, all, like, we had 15 new members join us this spring. And I think, like, 12 of them was the Veda Salons, you know? So, like, the network supporting me in doing this, which means a lot to me. But, um, yeah, it's been a great relationship. You know what, too, and I, I'm just a loyal person, you know, I believe that's kind of transfers of my staff. They see me not jumping around, and you know, I have all these 100 employees that have been there for 10 years, you know, it's all, you know, if I would probably change product lines every other year, my staff would be changing salons every other yeah. year. You know, I think it's just all part of the universe, you know, the secret, to, the secret to the universe, as we all know, is the relationships. You know what I mean? So I have this great relationship with Veda, and I just pass that on to my staff.
0: And no relationship is bliss all the time. Yeah. What was that person that said, you know, the secret to uh, a long-term marriage is don't get divorced? You know? <laughs> and it's true. so easy to get divorced. It's yeah. so easy to yeah. say, this sucks, I'm out of here.
1: Yeah, because we're all going to go through rough periods, like you said, yeah. in any relationship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, you're never going to see every single thing eye to eye.
0: Well, I had written it down earlier to talk to you about just the importance of a good network of buddies, a good network of mentors, a good network of, you know, fellow salon owners or business owners or stylists or whatever, where you're just loyal to each other. Mm. And I also like the fact that sometimes it's not even within your own tribe. It's not even within your own network. You know, people think the salon down the street is their enemy, and I'd say I'd rather have a good salon down the street than a bad salon. Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, Atlanta's got a really tight network of salon owners. I mean, Atlanta's
0: one of the yeah. probably most prestigious cities in mm-hmm. the country when it comes to the salon business, you know, like th- top, top salons. No, thank you.
1: You know, and I, I agree with you, you know, like we have to stay on our toes because our competition's on their toes, right. you know I mean? And I like that, you know, but we're all friendly. We've never hired any of their staff, and they haven't hired ours, and... You know, it's interesting, like, we were just talking about this last night. I, I said, I've never had anybody from the top salons in Atlanta even apply for a job with me. Huh. I mean, like, people just stay in their own little culture. You know what I mean? Like, Bam Michael, I think if our staff leaves, they're leaving town or they, you know, they're going to go do something completely different. But if they want to be in a top salon, they're part of us. And same right. thing with Candy Shaw and Jameson. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, everybody right. has, and Jeff South, everybody has their tribe and they don't switch out mm-hmm. you know which is mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. you know but yeah there's a, a lot of uh sharing goes on that network and even getting back in the end what's been great is it's expanded my like people i've known but i've lost touch with now i'm coming back to them it. mm-hmm. I mean, it's great sitting having dinner with guys from tracosi mm-hmm. and uh charleston zone mm-hmm. and um Visible changes. Oh, Charles. I love
0: Charles. Yeah, Charles He's is a great, great. So He's much, a
1: great guy. So much, so much knowledge and experience, yeah. and willing to share. So, I mean, and just, Charles
0: and the McCormicks—they yeah. have nothing to do with Aveda.
1: Yeah, nothing. Nothing. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, we're,
0: and some people would tell you, "Oh, well, then stay away." Yeah. Can you give some advice to our listeners, whether they're brand new in the industry or it's a salon owner? Because I'm sure you hear this all the time. You know, a salon owner is struggling, and they're struggling, and they think that they're all alone out there. You know, yeah. so give some advice about putting together your own little tiny network of people. Your right. buddies are Ray and David and others. Just- yeah,
1: I, my message would be to get involved. You know, get involved with the network you are in. You know what I mean, and get involved with Intercorp Fury. You know, and meet the people because this industry is so opening and sharing. I, I can truly say I've never met anyone that isn't willing to share every single thing they do with me. Uh-huh. I mean, really, I couldn't sit here and go, "Well, he wouldn't talk to me." I mean, everybody's so sharing. You know what I mean? So you just got to get involved. They're not going to come knocking on your door. You know what I mean? You got to get out and be seen and ask for help. I mean, I I don't have any problem calling up somebody and go, hey, I need some help. My margins are getting tight or whatever my situation is. I mean, I have a handful of people I can call and help, and and if they call me, I'd share anything with them. I send people manuals and contracts and all kind of things. You know, I never ask for a penny because... You know, what I'm getting back is the goodwill and the karma that we put out there. You I have know? friends in
0: other industries who tell me it's the exact opposite in their industry. Um, that the people who are the most successful won't share anything with them. In our um, industries, it's not that way. It's not
1: that way at all. Well, it's kind of funny, too. Somebody said to me once, you know, I got off the station talked for literally two hours. I I mean, I gave out every single thing I could think of. I'm trying to go, what else can I say, right? I got two hours. Somebody goes, why, why don't you give away all your secrets? I go, because I don't have any.
0: <laughs> They're not mine. I stole them from yeah. somebody else. I said,
1: if I really had a secret, if I really had a secret to success, I wouldn't share it. You know, I would really hold on to it because nobody would have it but me. But all the information I have is stuff I've gotten from somebody else. And it can be gotten from somebody else. And the truth is, We're all doing the same thing, pretty much, and we're all saying the same things. What separates one salon from the other, and which is the hard part, is execution. You know, it's executing what you hear. You know what I mean? It's executing doing what you know you need to do, and consistency. That's what separates the salon. Explain that
0: more, because a lot of people think that there is one secret. Right. And if you will just tell me, Van, that one secret, I will finally be successful. You know, like... But it doesn't work that way. You yeah. know, a hairdresser can't just name one thing that they do that makes them successful. It's a whole bunch of little things that they do consistently every single day. So it's the shampoo, it's the music, it's the greeting, it's how I look, it's the right. cleanliness, it's the training that I get. It's a thousand it's all things. Of those things. All those things add up yeah. to success. So. So,
1: so it's executing it. It's putting systems into place and it's having a way to inspect what you expect. You know, those are the things that really keep it going, you know, and really comes down to getting the right people on the bus in the right seat, you know, having the right team. That's really what it's all about. I get a lot of credit because my name's on the door, but there's no way I would be where I'm at if it wasn't for Susan, my CEO, and... Natalie, my color director, and and Daniel, the artistic director, and Jeffrey, the cutting director, and all of my managers and my brother. And, you know, I get a lot of credit, but it's really the team that's doing it. You know, I mean, that's what makes the company great is the people that's in the company. You know, so that's my job is to make sure I find the great people and I put them in the right position. Sometimes I've had people in the wrong position and moved them somewhere else and they excelled. You know, so it's really figuring out, like, what's this person's greatest strength? And so that's my job is to get to know every individual, you know. I mean, everybody comes to work in the company. I still do this, and I promise I do. Everybody comes to work, I take them to dinner, every single person. Wow. And two years later, when they graduate, and by Michael, I take them to dinner again. Wow. So that's my effort wow. at this size to try to, get to try to get to know every single person. It is a commitment. But, yeah. you know, it's like I started, I did a, take everybody to dinner when they first started. You know, and I, so about a couple years ago, I'm like, you know, I should probably take them again when they, you know, because maybe that's the last time I really had a real conversation, right? So I'm thinking maybe I should do it again like a rite of passage they've worked hard for two years they've had six days a week for two years you know so i've started you know like i said it's been about a couple years i started taking them to dinner again i've gotten so much out of doing that you know i remember sitting here and they're going yeah you know like i lived in a blow-up mattress for two years and i had a car with no air conditioning it's 100 degrees and i had to work this bartender stuff i didn't know I mean, I, I was sitting there realized, oh, my God, like, they've given so much to work with us. I mean, like, I didn't even know how much they would sacrifice, how bad they wanted it. You know, I, I walked away like, wow. I mean, because I was really like, this is a big commitment. Do I want to start this? Every single person, another dinner, like, you know, But I was so glad I did. Wow. And, I, and I really enjoyed doing it. You know what I mean? I'm going out to eat two or three nights a week anyhow. Right. I'm not just invite one of them to join me. <laughs> really, you know what I mean? Like, right. so, I mean, it's been great. So, yeah, it's about, you know, execution, getting the right team, getting the right people in the right place, and then, you know, treating them with uh, love and respect that they stay with you and they grow with you. And you know what? We all make mistakes. I've made plenty. Susan's made mistakes. But you got to make mistakes to learn. You know, that's part of the education. You know, that's... You can get rid of somebody because they made a mistake. Guess what? You're going to hire somebody else who's going to make some mistakes. Making mistakes, okay, just don't make them twice. Right. right, (laughs) You know what I mean? So, yeah. I like what you
0: said, that you, you know, rather than you made a mistake, I fire you, you find a better position or a different position for them that they're more competent in. You know,
1: like, when I started racing my bike, I started racing 10 years ago, and I hired a coach, and... That was an eye-opener to me about how we were coaching because every day I had a Garmin, I had a power meter on my bike, and it would tell me, go out and ride two hours a day, do this many intervals this long. So my computer is measuring how many calories I'm taking in, how much power I'm, you know, how much watts. So I go home, I download my information on the computer, it goes right to my coach right then. Within 15 minutes most of the time, he's sending me feedback. Great workout, or... You seem tired, or what's wrong, or, you know, like, and it made me realize, like, what if in the Tour de France when they race for three weeks, the coaches talk to them after, like, two weeks, hey, man, hey, when you didn't eat enough on that first week, and you put too much power out, I think you're done. You know, you're, you know, like, we were setting people down every three months and going, you know, well, your goal was here, and you hadn't gotten there, so, you know, it made me realize we need to coach daily. You, you know do it daily. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, like, what does that look like? Well, like, one, we have the Zizor out, okay. which has been huge. So they can, you know, it's every five minutes their numbers are updated. Hmm. You know, so it's tied to the POS system. But, you know, every day our managers try to touch people, you know, reach out to people every day. You know, New Talent, I have two full-time coaches. Huh. That's all they do is, is coach New Talents. I mean, they have one-on-ones regularly all the time. You know, if you catch people doing something right, tell them. If you catch them doing something wrong, tell them today. Don't tell them a month from now. You remember a month ago? you
0: Save it all up for the whole month. Yeah, or save it all up. Three weeks ago you did that, and two weeks ago you did that. Yeah,
1: Yeah, you know, so it's just like more coaching, you know, because this generation, like I said, there's still some hard workers, but one thing about this generation is different, is they need a lot of recognition and pat on the
0: backs. Well, we were talking about that generation. You know, our generation, we were thrilled if we never saw the boss. Right. The boss never comes in, this is good news. Right, This generation, they want to see the boss... Every day. They and they do. want feedback. How am I doing? And what can I do to go to the next level? They no, want that right. feedback. Yeah. Well, be, I couldn't wait to get out of the house when I was 18 years old. This yeah. generation, they want to live with mom and dad till they're 30. Absolutely. At 25, they're calling my school saying, you know, why would you give my daughter an F in class? I'm like, who is this? Yeah. <laughs> How old is your daughter? No, it, they're they're sure. still involved. And in, so yeah. we need to be involved in their lives as well. Because whether we like it or not, as business leaders, we kind of assume that helicopter parent role right. uh, for that generation of millennials who was working in our salon.
1: Well, you said on stage this morning, you said, you know, you can hire people to clean your house but not kiss your kids goodnight. And it's exactly the same. People will say that to me. Man, you're still working this much? You're still doing that? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, why don't you hire somebody to do it? And I go, I can hire to do a lot of things, and I do, and they do a lot of great things, but can't nobody replace my hugs to myself. Wow. or my yeah. one-on-one with them. You know what I mean? Like,
0: Have you ever tried to do that? Have you ever tried to, like, you know, step out more or right. replace yourself. I did. And, I did. And was it a disaster? It
1: was, and I had a great person. Too. I think all
0: of us have that story. Yeah. I had that story. Yeah, and I had, it was a disaster. I, I had a great person. It took me two years to clean it up.
1: Yeah, I did. I had a huge walkout in two thousand because really? I, I had moved out of Atlanta, and I was done. I mean, I'm like I'm hanging it up. Right, you know? I mean, I was kayaking around the world, and <laughs> I call. I think one time in six months, and I, I really I couldn't have had a better person to step in and try to do what i'd ask him to do but at the end of the day it's like somebody like Horace was the founder of aveda and he's always really the heart and soul of it i mean you're the spiritual leader because you started it mm-hmm. it's like my dad's my dad i mean nobody can step in and be hey i'm your new dad i mean you're like no you're not right. you might be a great guy you know but you're not my dad you right. know so it's, it's, that's I realized, you know, I'm either in or out. So I've been back in since.
0: You and know? you can step out of certain things, you know, like you don't have to clean the salon anymore. I'm sure know, there was a, a day when you cleaned your own salon. You don't have to do, you know, the front desk training anymore. I'm sure there was a day when you did do all of those things. Absolutely. Now you get to. But right. the thing that we can't step out of. Yeah. It i don't is. I don't
1: have to take the towels home at night and wash them anymore, like did I used you, to. oh yeah, I
0: used to st- and you have to set the alarm like every two hours while you're sleeping <laughs> yeah. to pull them from uh, the washer into the dryer, yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> good job yeah. yeah i don't have to I don't have to do any of that, but you know I mean, I've got such a great management team, I mean, yeah, can I take two weeks off and not call and not worry about it absolutely, you know what I mean, but I can't just be gone all the time, and you know what I mean the truth is like. I've learned a lot of lessons a lot of different ways, but I really appreciate my company. I really appreciate my staff, so, you know, I don't mind being there because I know how much I've gotten from this industry and from my team, and, I mean, my whole lifestyle is due to having all the right people. So, you know, I want to see them, honestly, you know, and I want to, you know, be
0: part of their lives. You have two kids. Do you see your kids stepping into the... Into the company or well, a little too early for that. I'd say too for early knowing. for
1: that. I mean, my son is graduating, and right now he says he don't know. I mean, certainly not going to beauty school is not. Right. I mean, it could if you wanted to, but you know. So I will just you know, I want them to do whatever makes them happy. I would love for them to come into the business, but you know, at this point, you know, they
0: don't think they. Even want today, to. you see a lot of uh, second generation oh, yeah. down there you know it's, and, and it's
1: funny too because a lot of I've talked to a lot of them here and they're like yeah my kid didn't want to they went to college first you know they got out and got a job and then they realized like hmm maybe I should be in the family exactly I know.
0: well McCormick's they yeah. second generation here yeah. uh Candy and Fred yeah. uh, got their kids are involved in the company and yeah. so you're starting to see it a lot
1: yeah you do huh. you know I mean I would love for them to you know but you know whatever they want to do as long as they're smiling they're happy then I'm good
0: you were talking about your performance wheel, which is basically kind of a, you yeah. said it was 12 steps or, you know, part of yeah. the service right. experience right. and they got right. to cover all of these. And right. and then you also said it's not optional. Yeah. It's not optional. Yeah. It's, to me, like the, the performance wheel is the same as
1: sectioning a haircut for a bob. Okay. You know what I mean? It's part of the service. What I've taught to explain to myself, when you think about, the people who make the most money in life, we you know we think about performance. You know, I mean, like LeBron James or Justin Bieber or, or, or some movie star. You know, I mean, and these people perform. You know, and they make an impact on people's lives. You know, and the more impact you make on somebody's life, the more money you make. I mean, look at Steve Jobs or Bill Gates—the impact that they made on people. So you got to make an impact on people's lives. So, you know, that's why we've come up with this performance. Well, because you've got to perform. And you've got to make an impact. You know, you've heard the purple cow story, right? Of course. All right, so you've got to be a purple cow. Mm-hmm. You've got to do something that other hairdressers aren't doing. I mean, even it can be in the consultation. You know, that's why we believe in a portfolio consultation. Like, nobody can get a haircut without the consultations showing this is exactly the picture you're getting. Right. You know, every single client, every single
0: time. And you say it's not optional. It's not optional. Well, it's like showing up to McDonald's. I want a job here, but I have my own recipe for a hamburger. Right, absolutely. No, it doesn't work that way. Yeah,
1: yeah. If, if my if if you're working in the salon, I'm working in the salon, and my client can't get in to see Van, and in their wheelchair, they should still be getting a Van Michael performance. You know, what I mean, like you said, not everybody different, doing it different way. So, you know, that's the consistency I'm talking about. That's execution. You know, what I mean, like, and that's what keeps you know the customers coming back. You know. Because people always like, how do you get people busy? By getting them to keep the clients we give them, you know, and making them go out and go, wow, you know, I had a great experience, you know. And, like, I'm a big believer. And, like I said, this is all not new. I mean, Horace had the service wheel. You know, we have tweaked it and turned it into the performance wheel. You know, uh, blow-dry lessons was something he was believing in. I still believe every client should have a blow-dry lesson. Mm -hmm. They should have the tools in her hand, stress-relieving treatments, you know, just... All of it, you know, and then taking those notes down. Like, you know, next time you come back in, the first thing I say to you, hey, when, how was your trip to Jamaica? You know, I mean, six weeks
0: ago, you're like, oh my God, you remember that? No, I didn't remember. I wrote it down. Yeah. Because that's yeah. the system. I yeah. work for Van Michael. I have to write yeah. it down. Yeah,
1: because I did that with every client. Yeah. I'm not asking them to do anything that I didn't do. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I did all of this every day. And If I were to come to work one day and I'd left my portfolio at home for some reason, I almost couldn't get through the day. Wow. And i trying to have a consultation without a picture. I can't do it.
0: What advice do you have for uh, salon owners? There are salon owners who have been doing this for 20 years, and they still don't have systems. What you just described is well, a system. It's a, This is how we do things around here. How do you you turn a 20-year ship around to finally get them on track with this stuff?
1: Well, it starts with the leadership. You know, that's it. You know, and and I've been, this is my 32nd year of doing hair shows, and kind of saying the same thing for 32 years. And uh, I have close friends who've had to hear me at least 30 times, and they still don't do these things. So...
0: And they're nope. still
1: coming around saying, well, but what's the real secret? No, no, I do. I had a, st- a hairdresser one time, worked for me one time, pulled me aside after 10 years. He goes, man, tell me, what's the real secret on how to get busy? I said, man, that's my secret. I'm not sharing that with anybody. I want you standing around with no clients. <laughs> I mean, the secret is listening and doing. You know, like well, say, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Well, how okay. many people eat an apple a day? Yeah, right you know, right. so you, you've got to do it. You know, you got to decide you want to mm-hmm. do it. Now, nobody can do that for you. You know, that's it. I mean, I did a webinar for Aveda two weeks ago. There was about 80 salon owners on it, and one of the guys called me after it was over. He had a salon in another state, a friend of mine, and we were talking, he goes, yeah, he says um, somebody had asked him how the webinar was that wasn't on it. He goes, well, you know, it was great, but, you know, you've heard it before, but the funny part about (laughs) these people, the funny part about these people are I know them very well, and their business hadn't grown in 20 years, and they, don't, and they don't do any of it. I've but, heard it before. Yeah, they, and I thought about that. And I, go, and I even called a beta. And I, go, I think you're wasting your money because, like, I you know, I, unless people really want to do it, you know, like, have them to pay to come here. You know what I mean? Come here and really find out who invests the money, who wants to do it, you know, because, yeah, it's, it's up to the leadership. Like, I want to be better. You know what I mean? I want to grow. And you know, I'm a great listener, you know. I mean, I'm uh, if I'm in a conversation with anybody who's successful, I would much rather listen than ask questions, right. you know. Right. I mean, I'll ask questions to listen, mm-hmm. but I don't want to tell my story. You know, I want to learn, you know. So it's got to be people who want it. Like, when I find out about something new, I mean, I go back and go, this is what we're doing, you know I mean? Like, we're going to make this happen, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, you got to want to make it happen, mm-hmm. you know. And unfortunately, a lot of people are just lazy, you know, so... I mean, this is America. I mean, you can do anything you want to do, but it requires passion and dedication and hard work and, you know, and educating yourself in what you do. I mean, nobody's just going to give it to you, you know, not on this level, you know. So if you're willing to work, it can happen, But and, and hairdressing's hard work. I mean, this is not a business for sissies. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you stand right. up 10 hours a day. Yeah. And the thing about salon owners, the one, so hard. Like, people ask me now, do you work hard? I can't really say yes, even though I work all the time. But it's not even near as hard as when I was doing 150 clients a week and 20 shows a year oh and managing and folding towels. I mean, for 20 years, I worked hard, you know what I mean? And I'm glad I did. But a lot of people want to do clients five days a week and then be off. If you're the salon owner it's in the first Ten to twenty years, doing clients is just half of the job, you know. So you, people say success is. I go
0: success is endurance. When I it is endurance. <laughs> it's endurance because I'm uh, when I started schools, I almost wanted to be able to write it into the contract that if you become a, a school owner, you have to promise me that you will be in your school every single day for a minimum of the first ten to fifteen years. I believe it. You know, Mark. of course, I didn't win that battle right. but that's what I believed yeah because that's what I did right I was there all the time I, I was a part of all of it yeah and people want to come in and now in takes. five years they want in five years I want to create what Van has created right yeah, it doesn't work that way.
1: Overnight success is 15 years.
0: There you go. You know. You know, and, and people are taking advice from the wrong people. You right. know, that somebody would say, oh, I heard Van before. I've heard all of this before. But then they're taking relationship advice from their friend who's been divorced three times and right. hates men. Yeah. You know, they're taking advice from the wrong people.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, honestly, I quit speaking almost for 10 years because I'm like, I can't say it anymore. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> because we've been doing performance well forever in the index cards and the blow-dry lesson, but that consistency is why we're growing. It's like, how do you get your biceps bigger? By doing repetitions, by doing curls. For years. And it's the same thing Arnold Schwarzenegger did in the 60s. It's the same thing you do now in 2016. You work out, and you work out regularly. And it's the same thing on the salon. Like, I don't have a whole lot of new tricks, you know, because there is not any, but it's just being consistent, but... You know, when you go hear something and you're not doing it, then you need to put a it system is the into place.
0: You know, yeah. they say, how, how do you train a dog? You know, how many times you have to say sit? All right. Sit, 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 sit. Yeah. That's what it takes. I mean, I, we're discussing the same things in our staff meetings that we were discussing 20 years ago, but...
1: No, I joke. I have a notebook, and it's dated 1986. I, have it. I still have it. I could pull that <laughs> book out... And go in and get my staff meeting off of it. And all of it
0: would be relevant today.
1: Completely. Of course,
0: you're driving a better car. Yeah. You're living in a better house. Right. You're far more successful than you were, but we're never going to graduate from this stuff.
1: No. No. Right. You know? I mean, I've given some heart and soul business seminars for like an hour and a half. I mean, give them everything. Then I go, any questions, people go, what music do you play in this (laughs) one? I'm like, yeah, I'm like. Because that's the one secret. That's the know? one secret, right.
0: You but know, but, I, it, but I, I'm it, glad that we're talking about this. No. You know, because I would think, if I'm listening to this, I would think that this is good news. No. Because it, it lets people off the hook that no, um, you don't have to go find that one secret. You already have the information. It's, but it's the discipline, the consistency, right. and then you said the endurance of it.
1: Yeah, it is. That's what I mean. Because I know that it can't many people work 50 hours doing clients and then still hit the road every weekend or. Luckily, I didn't have kids until I was 40, because I didn't have time to have my own children. Really, people say, why don't you have kids? I'm like, I would never see them, because I had a breakfast meeting every morning. Because once I did clients, I mean, I, no one was allowed
0: to talk to me. I mean, people would... Because they would bring you, you know, problems and questions yeah, well, every you're, five minutes.
1: You're take, yeah, you're taking away the time of the client who's paying $100 for a haircut. You right. know what I mean? Like, my time is with her. Right. So I could only talk to people before work or after work. I had breakfast every morning and dinner every night with staff mm. in between. You know, I'm like, it's like it took a lot of endurance. Right. That's you know? endurance. That's when I started bicycle racing. It was easy. Like ride 100 miles, that's easier than <laughs> what I was doing before. <laughs> really, it just fit. I'm like, that's
0: great. you know. That's great. Talk to me about your personal discipline. Like, like what do you do? Some people say, well, I'm not a good leader if I'm not reading at least one book a week. Right. Like, what are some of the things that you personally do to feel like you can stay relevant and stay valuable as a leader? Again, you don't have to do everything, right. and you don't do everything anymore. Right. Thank goodness. Yeah. But what are the things that are keeping you on track?
1: Well, you know, like, I do still read a lot. You know, I mean, I do believe in reading a lot. And it's great, too, the world that we're living in with computers. And, I mean, so much information, you know, on the Internet and TED Talks and so I'm always listening and trying to get inspired. I still go to a lot of industry things like this and listen to people like listening to you this morning. So, you know, I'm always just keeping my ears open and my eyes and paying attention and trying to pick out what's going on in the, in the world and trends and, you know, just and trying to adapt to the times, you know what I mean? Like there was a time when I was like, you're going to work five days a week no matter what your story is. No, There's no part-time at Van Michael. So it's a different day and time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so now, yeah, you can work. You don't have to work five days a week, but you got to be there for five years. You know, then after five years, you got to be producing at least 130,000 a year. I mean, so if you hit benchmarks, you can come say, you know, so I'm more flexible with stuff like that. So I'm always trying to keep up with, like, the generations and what's going on in the world because things change. We have to change with it, you know. So I'm always trying to keep up with, you know, and I have a lot of great mentors, you know, like not even, I mean, hairdressers, like business people, very successful business people that
0: I talk to a lot. Like who and what kind of businesses?
1: Uh, well, one would be like the Neil Corp, like Deborah Neal, Tom Petrello. Uh, I have friends in Atlanta who are financial, you know, like hedge fund managers and financial managers. Um,
0: what friends. about those people who say, well, if they're not from our industry, I don't really care to learn from them. They don't know my industry, so they don't have anything to teach me. What do you say to those people? Well, that would
1: be very close-minded. Because, uh, I mean, like, I got a friend in Atlanta has has 1,000 employees in a restaurant business, high-end mm. restaurants. You know, I, I talk to him all the time. You know, it's like, it's different, but it's the same challenges and problems. People are people. Huh? Yeah, you know, I learned I, I watch how they decorate and the money they spend. Like, well, I mean, they're getting $200 for a meal. I want to find out why. You know, I think our competition is anybody who's getting someone's discretionary income. Hmm. You know, we only have so much money to spend after we pay all the bills. Right. So any any business like Disney or any business like that that may take that money, I want to see what they're doing, Hmm. why they're bringing people in there. Hmm. You know. So yeah, I'm just always a student. You know, I'm always be a student. So I never assume I have it made my business. I don't live in fear, but. I live in a world of reality that it could fall apart if I'm not learning and growing and paying attention. You know, I don't ever close the window anymore. I tried that back in 2000, like I've got it made. I I don't have it made. I have it great, but it's my job to keep it great.
0: The the whole master's issue could be on that topic alone, Mm -hmm. and we would have thousands of salon owners saying, Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. You know what? We we all got to keep working because people do assume like one day I I drove from my house and I had four hundred people and I mean I, we opened the salon. It was me and my brother and my wife and uh, one assistant and we had seven chairs and so you know, we started very tiny with with no money and we've worked hard. You know, just like a lot of people have. So we've been through all the stages 10 employees 50 70 80 100 200 and so i can relate to people who are in different stages you know what i mean and then i hear talk to tracosi and them who has a thousand people and i'm like wow how do you do that you know that's amazing to me like how do you keep quality you know so i'm interested to learn like if i'm going to keep growing i got to find out i can't way i was running my company when i had 200 people is different from 400 people. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? If I go to five or 600, I know what I'm doing now is not going to work then. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I get to get different players, different people in different positions, different training programs. Mm-hmm. People always go, like, ask about the training program. I can tell you what it is, but I assure you next year we'll be doing something completely different, mm-hmm. you know, because we're always changing. You know, this works, this don't work. We're bigger now. We've got more people in class on, you know, on Mondays, and, you know, so we're always – just trying to learn, you know, and
0: change and grow and, you know, be better. I remember there was a time in my career, and I'll tell you exactly when it was. It was when I was meeting you, David, and Ray. And I kind of went home depressed. Because okay. I I, swear, <laughs> I was thinking, damn, now I have to be good at what they're good at. Now I've got to kind of take a step back and uh, figure out what they already know, if I'm going to be able to... Take my career and my businesses to that next level, and uh, that was a big mistake of mine because I didn't really need to. What right. I needed to do was become friends right yeah. <laughs> with you guys, yeah. and discover what my strengths were and be able to rely on other people who could kind of guide me along that way. So you're finding the people now who are going to guide you on how to get to yeah, six hundred people.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like you may be a great football player in high school, and you got your high school football coach, but eventually you get your a better coach in college and then you move on up you got a better coach in the pros So as you move to a different level you look for better coaches you know but I mean, obviously you figured it out you've done quite well
0: <laughs> um, I, I've had uh, business leaders say that it's really important to them to share their failures and their weaknesses with their people what do you think about that
1: yeah I think so I mean there's a lesson to be learned I mean, we learn what to do from people. We learn what not to do from people. You know what I mean? Like, so like we're saying, like, don't leave your business. You know what I mean? Yeah, people go, I'm getting out behind the chair. I go, that's good, but don't quit. You know what I mean? Get out for to work on your business, you know, not to go retire unless you're selling, you know. So, yeah, there's a lot of things. I mean, we've tried a lot of different things this line that that didn't work. You know, how we greet, how we answer the phones. And, you know, so, yeah, you can, I think it's good to share with what's not working. I think there's a value in that.
0: Oh, I think that's also the entrepreneurial spirit, though, too. Yeah. I love entrepreneurs who still have that entrepreneurial spirit, not just for themselves, but for their people. Mm -hmm. You know, like these salon owners or these stylists that quit the salon to open up their own business, and they quit because they didn't like the way the boss did it. Right. And then they go back and recreate exactly what they just left. Right, all the um, time. And,
1: and hire people that you got rid of.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I like the fact, because I happen to know, you have uh, one of your stylists, uh, Harry Wood. Right. Who's been with you as a stylist for how long? I mean, really, like, right at 25 years. I think his entire salon career has no, been yeah. with you. No, yeah. No, he Wood. went
1: through our training program. He we went through... Um, Yeah, he went through the whole program.
0: The reason why I'm bringing him up is because I know that in addition to working with you, he also has his own training program and consulting company and doing all this other stuff. Some business owners would never allow that. They would say, no, you work for me, you work for me.
1: Yeah. But
0: but you had an entrepreneurial spirit, and yet you allow that entrepreneurial spirit with your employees. Yeah. I think that's a great message.
1: I do. I try to like... I mean, a lot of people in the industry know Harry, they know Daniel, you know, he's won Naha, Natalie's won a lot of awards, she does shows without me for Aveda, you know. Uh, but when Harry come to me with his idea, I was like, I loved him, like it's a great idea, you know. And it's only fair to help people grow, you know, mm-hmm. and... It's funny, going back to coaching, bouncing back around, we used to do one-on-ones, but now we call our, our meeting Hopes and Dreams. Hopes and Dreams. Hopes and Dreams. <laughs> so I sit down with you and I say, I want to know your hopes and dreams. I mean, maybe you want to, you know, I'm going to go to the beach this year. I want to buy a house. You know, I'm, I want to be, you know, Harry. I want to be a public speaker. You know, I want to be Zig Ziglar of the hairdressing business. You know, so we go, okay, let's see if we can help you figure out how to get your hopes and dreams. You know, so whatever it is, maybe... You got to sell more retail to get a bigger house or take a vacation or work more hours. Or, or you want more time with your kids. Well, let's get your prices up. We can have more time off. You know, whatever it may be. But with Harry, you know, he, he had this vision and I'm very proud of him. He's really gone out and made it happen, mm-hmm. you know, and to watch it. And I've helped him. I've given him material and I look over stuff. But his very, I got booked to speak. Uh, we did a VEDA Congress and the next day I was doing a business seminar. And, and I asked him, I go, hey, I have it. A person in my company who wanting to speak and do seminars and do you mind if he does this I'll be there you know I'll fill in you know so I talked I worked with Harry like let me know what you're going to mm. say and do and mm. that was his first booking and then mm. from there we got him into doing serious business and uh he's just taken off with That's it great. you know and he's put a lot of work he's got like nine books now oh, and yeah
0: he's wonderful yeah I love working with. yeah
1: he's a, he's a great speaker so yeah I'm proud that of what he's done, but I'm proud that I have played a part of his success.
0: You're proud of him, I'm proud of you, because yeah. I, again, you were open minded yeah. to that, because otherwise, you probably would have lost him as, yeah, as not, a stylist in the salon. Well,
1: I would. I mean, i tell you something else that I do too. You know, every time I open a new location, if you've been with the company for 10 years, you have the opportunity to buy into that location. So I now have eight do partners. You, do you really? Yeah, for my. So I, the first three salons I own, you know, just me and my brother. And the next four, I have eight partners where they all you know, own like 10, like one location, for example, we have 60%. We have four other people who have 10% each. Sweet. So they've all been in the company 10 years. I mean, they, you know, like you said, I'll probably lose them. They're, they have huge books. They've been great employees. They want to have an investment. You right. know what I mean? And, you did. Yeah. Which is I, why you left
0: somebody. Right right. right,
1: right. You know, so, you know, I try, you know, a lot of, it's okay. It's great to work behind the chair your whole life. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, there's people who want other opportunities. So I try to create avenues that, you know, people can have the, you know. Uh,
0: under your umbrella. They don't under, have to leave you right, to pursue right. their other dreams. Yeah.
1: Now I have all these people like Harry and all these other eight guys. are all invested. I mean, they're all in the company. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they're, you know, it gives me
0: security. You know, hey, we come down to it. We've got eight people standing. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. they not going anywhere. Believe it or not, we have to start to wrap this up. Can you believe it's been okay. over an hour already? So I, I, a couple of questions as we start to wrap this up. Okay. So this goes out to a lot of new talent, a lot of beauty school students, so who are all thinking, I'm moving to Atlanta. Okay. <laughs> so tell them, what are you looking for? And when I say you, I'm not talking about just you, Van Michael, Van Council. Right. But you, the representative of a very successful salon group, uh what does it take to get noticed and what does it take to get the job and what does it take to keep the job as a new talent you
1: know first and most off we are looking for nice people you know everybody's a rookie you know coming out of school because it's like professional sports i mean you could be a superstar in college but when you hit the nfl or nba you're a rookie so you know, you got a five-year learning curve in any career you know so we used to give them a technical skills but we realized oh that's irrelevant you know because if you got the desire and the passion and the right attitude you can learn it and we can teach it to you you know so we're looking at people who really have that passion to learn you know also you know we try to pick up on if they're nurturing you know i mean are you willing to serve people you know because that's very important we do A group interview and we ask questions we let them all talk to each other so we kind of try to look and see whose personalities is popping out and you know I mean it's intentional that it's a group interview then if we like people we come back for a one-on-one
0: right
1: you know we're trying to just pick up how they interact with other people Hmm. you know so that's really what we're looking for you know it's like size shape and color doesn't matter you know what I mean it's right. really it's really that inner spirit that they have you know and if we see that they fit in the company that they're we're looking for people that we feel like it's going to be a, want to be lifelong learners. That's you know, and it's always wanting to better themselves.
0: I like the little group interview thing now, where you get to kind of witness that, yeah. how they interact with each other.
1: Yeah, we do it every Monday. Like, we, if you're on a job, we say, okay, be at the 10 o'clock Monday. And we get, it could be 10, 20 people. And we tour them tell them about the company and we sit around in a group interview and we ask questions and we watch them all talk to each other and try to pay attention how they interact with each other and... Have a, you know, it's like a, just a I have a friend who works for
0: an airline and uh, when they go through the training these people are coming to move into a hotel for I don't know six weeks right. while they're going through training with the airline and they kind of have a little secret communication with uh, people who work at the hotel mm-hmm. you know so you can be brilliant during the training but if back at the hotel after you've had a long day and rude. you're rude to that right. They call and say, oh, this person is... Then they say, pack your bags and leave. We don't want you. Yeah, that's great. Uh, uh. Yeah, because that's
1: what you look for. I mean, if people are nice and, and they passionate, I mean, that, that goes a long ways.
0: Maybe, I don't know if this is an easy question for you to answer. What one skill are you experiencing that beauty school graduates are missing? Is it that their blow-drys aren't good enough? Is it that they aren't good in you know pre-consultation? What is it?
1: People ask me all the time, because I, I have a lot of friends that own schools, and we hire from all over the country, you know, and uh, we average almost 10 applications a day. Wow. Yeah, so we get the cream of the crop. But People always say, like, where do you get the best students from? You know what I mean, like... I, they want me to say, "Well, your school's the best," and the truth is, people give beauty schools a bad rap. Mm-hmm. If I owned a school, I don't think I could produce a student any better than I'm getting from Paul Mentor or Veda. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't, because, like I said once again, it takes ten thousand hours to master something. Mm-hmm. You know make sure these students don't think that they're ready to go out and earn 100000 a year for the first year and be a superstar. They need to know that they need to go intern for two years, you know, like going to graduate school. You know what I mean? Like, they got to understand, we've done the best we can at getting your feet wet, but you're a rookie. There's no way to cheat that. So we were talking today about deregulation. I said, that would be the worst thing that ever happened because I remember back in the day when there wasn't Vedas and Paul Mitchell's schools, and we were desperate to hire people, so we had a apprentice program that we was three years' nightmare. I mean, people would come in, they had no investment in it. I'd say out of every 15 people we hired, one made it to the floor three years later. Oh, jeez. Yeah, because we spent one year on how to hold a comb and, <laughs> and how to make a parting. So now when they come out of school, I mean, they have the partings now. I mean, they can blow dry Okay, you know, like, but we got to, it's our job to get them, because now you're assisting somebody that's charging $100, the blowjob's got to be
0: more than okay.
1: Right. But they can only be okay after, like, I mean, well, how long are they
0: in theory? Well, some states are 1,000 hours is the entire training, some are maybe 2,000, but that's still not very much time. No, it's
1: not. So they had not had enough time. Nobody, you know what I mean, because they need more time. That's That's what they need to know. Okay, you've got step one, but you still got to go to graduate school. Okay. You know that's that's it. Schools do a great job. Honestly, I think they do a great job. The students are better than I expect them to be, but they're not ready to be a Bam Michael stylist okay. or colorist. You know, because a lot of the times I go to school like, oh, and I'm, I'm going to go around the floor or I'm going to open up my own shop.
0: I, I want to yeah. do Britney Spears here tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, so I think that's the thing is not, just make sure that they know realistically. Okay. That this is just the beginning. Well, that I promise from, from
0: and you know me, I yeah. promise I will continue to. Do, yeah, <laughs> and I think you did a really good job in this interview too to right. really really send out that message. You know, well, thank you. I've expectations got, of that. Thanks for having me here. I really appreciate you it. you Have a final and message for our listeners.
1: To me, is like to, in this business, you know, is he who trains the best wins. I mean, you know, you've got to be an education-driven company, not wow. just talk you've got to really do it. You know, and you got to teach people how to shake hands, how to walk people to the front door. When we talk about education, we're not talking about just parting hair or putting on color. I mean, we're talking about we hired the Ritz Carlton for 2 years to work with us on customer service and we still fall short. I mean, you got to train, train, train. So just always be, you know, education driven and one of my favorite sayings I used to get from Edwin Neal. I used to say the biggest expense in life is the money you don't make. So nothing is ever too expensive if it's going to make you better. Because being better is going to make you make money. Mm. You know what I mean? It's going to help you keep hairdressers. You know your staff and the customers. So mm. you know just really keep your focus on training. Mm. You know and being
0: nice. Mm. I can add nothing to that.
1: You know. that's perfect. Well, thank you.
0: So nice that. Yeah. This many years to still be able to hook up with you, see you at a chance restaurant and say hi and yeah. give you a big hug, and then 10 years later I get to see you again and sit down and do this. This is yep. really, I feel really, really honored. Well, hopefully
1: we can see each other more, but maybe we can do another interview in 20 years. Okay. We're, we're still around.
0: <laughs> we better be.
1: <laughs> yeah, we better
0: be. Uh, my, my daughter will just be kind of getting going, so I get to, you know.
1: Well, people asked me uh, last year, I opened up two new salons. I really someone says, said, why are you opening up two new salons? I said, because I have a 14-year-old daughter. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean... You need some money. Yeah. Yeah, it's my... At the end of the day, like, it's my kids who I work for, you know, really, like, you know, but... This is my 40th year in hairdressing, and uh, I absolutely love the business. I was in Belgium two weeks ago, bike racing, and I went in probably three different salons. I cannot help when I walk by a salon, I just have to walk in. I mean, I've never heard of them. They were tiny, but I still walked in. And I realized, like, God, I just love hairdressers. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, I do. You know, it's all I know. Mm-hmm. Thanks, all right, Thank you. I love you. I love you. Thanks,